This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. What do you know about this? I told him, I told him, Julie, don't go, Julie, don't go. Johnny Wayne and Frank Schuster defined sketch comedy for an entire generation of Canadians. This week, the late duo is being honoured at the Toronto Jewish Film Festival. Today, Johnny Wayne's sons, Brian and Michael, will talk about their father, his partner, and their legacy of laughter. Plus, at the age of 92, medical advice columnist Dr. Gifford Jones has just written his ninth book. It's called 90 Plus, How I Got There. The very active Dr. Gifford Jones will join me to talk about his secrets for a long and productive life. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. The Liberals may be backing away from an election promise to bring back door-to-door mail delivery. That would have reversed a Harper government decision to end the service. But this week, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau told the Commons the Liberals have imposed a moratorium on the installation of community mailboxes and will work to ensure that Canadians have the services they need. However, instead of bringing back the full service, he appointed a four-member panel to formally review Canada Post. This Wednesday was Holocaust Remembrance Day and the world remembered the atrocities committed during the Second World War. Sirens rang out across Israel as the country came to a two-minute standstill. In Jerusalem, six survivors lit six candles at the Yad Vashem Memorial, representing each of the million Jews who were murdered at the hands of the Nazis. This year's theme for Holocaust Remembrance Day was keeping the human spirit alive during the Holocaust. We know that a Mediterranean diet can help prevent heart disease, but new research out of Europe suggests it could also slow the effects of aging. More than 1,100 people in five countries were tested, and researchers say those who followed the diet, which is high in vegetables and olive oil and low in protein, had lower levels of the C-reactive protein, one of the main markers associated with the aging process. The diet also reduced the rate of bone loss in those who had osteoporosis. The information was compiled by the European Food Information Council. She may well be the ultimate Zoomer role model, and she's modeling in a Harvey Nichols campaign in the May issue of British Vogue. It's the 100th anniversary of the magazine, and model Bo Gilbert is 100 years old. She is the first 100-year-old model to be featured in Vogue, where she wears a Victoria Beckham top, Valentino glasses, and a Lanvin necklace. The issue, which features Kate Middleton, the Duchess of Cambridge, on the cover, hit newsstands this week. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. 
Zoomers have been reading his advice for years. Dr. Gifford Jones, a.k.a. Ken Walker, is a physician who has penned a nationally syndicated medical column for decades. Now at the age of 92, he's got a book, 90 Plus, How I Got There. He came to the studio to share his formula. First, may I say, you look Marvelous. Well, thank you very much, and so do you. Oh, thank you. Uh, exactly how old are you, and how did you get there? I'm in the 93rd year. And how did I get there? Well, well Libby, it's not easy. <laughs> you first of all have to have good genes, and I was lucky to have reasonably good genes. We can't pick those. I think you also have to have good luck. You not get killed in a car accident or develop cancer or some other disease early on in life. And luckily, you need good sense. And unfortunately today, uh, I think good common sense has become a very uncommon commodity. And it's getting people into a lot of trouble. Where are we lacking common sense? Is it in what we eat, in uh, how we live? Uh... Well, I think, you know, there are three big diseases that are killing a lot of people these days. We don't, we don't die from infectious diseases the uh, way we used to. We die from degenerative disease. And uh, the three big ones are obesity, uh, which leads to type 2 diabetes. And, uh, you know, when I, was in the, when I graduated from the Harvard Medical School 65 years ago, uh, it's, wow. hard, it's, it's hard to believe that 95% of people have diabetes. It was due to genetics. You know, they just inherited bad genes. And today, that 95% of genetics has gone to 95% type 2 diabetes, which really should be renamed lifestyle diabetes because 95% of people who have type 2 diabetes are obese. And if you have type 2 diabetes, you have a 50% chance of developing a coronary attack and, and dying. So we need to eat healthier. What else do we need to do? Well, I think I had a heart attack when I was 74, and in spite of being you know, normal weight and behaving myself, but I've been taking large amounts of vitamin C and lysine, uh, 10,000 milligrams a day and 5,000 of lysine, and I'm still here. The medical establishment uh, would totally dispute that. They've debunked that. They say that if we have too much vitamin C, we just pee it out. Uh, but there's no evidence-based scientific study that would back that up. And you're right. You're totally right, Libby. But the point is that they'll never be done because vitamin C and lysine are natural products and you can't patent natural products. So who's going to spend millions of dollars on a, on a double-blind study with no way of making a, a profit at the end. The medical establishment oh, just the, doesn't believe that. The medical establishment thinks I'm totally wrong. Well, yes. Yes, I, I, I agree that they think I'm, I'm crazy, but um, I would also point out that I'm still here at 92 plus. Okay, well, that, that, that could just be a fluke or good genes. Oh, it's only one case, of course. What else um, do you recommend to people for getting achieving your age? You know, it all boils down to two basic rules of life, I think. You've got to, at an early age, say, I'm going to live a good lifestyle and, and uh, not do it for a month or two. Do it in your entire life. Uh, and the second rule, of course, is never, never forget rule number one. It's not complicated. Keep your weight under control. Don't smoke. Anyone who smokes these days should see a psychiatrist. Drink moderate alcohol, exercise. I don't think it's a big secret. 
What about the mental aspects of it? They're talking about social isolation as something that contributes to aging and even dementia. Uh, what about mental health, connection with other people, engagement, uh, purpose, mm-hmm. all of those things that, you know, are, I guess, more intangible? Well, there's, there's absolutely no doubt that a happy mind is good. You know, no, no one ever died from laughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, and I think working and uh, I think people are retiring too early these days. I have no desire to retire. I, I tell people I want to retire 10 years after I'm dead. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. I've been speaking with Dr. Gifford Jones, author of 90 Plus, How I Got There. I'm Libby Nimer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. They were pioneers in the world of sketch comedy, and now they're the focus of a tribute at the Toronto Jewish Film Festival. In just a moment, we'll talk about the legacy of Wayne and Schuster. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. If you're a Zoomer, this legendary comedy team will bring back memories. A hit! A very palpable hit! Foul ball! Foul ball! He called that foul! A plague upon him! That ball was fair! Fair it was indeed! You, sirrah! That ball was fair! That ball was foul! So fair a foul I have not seen! <laughs> a cursed knave with heart as black as coat you wear upon your back! Get thee a pair of glasses! Get thee to an optometrist! <laughs> That is Wayne and Schuster's iconic Shakespearean baseball sketch. Their brand of smart slapstick loomed large on our airwaves for decades. The classic Canadian comedy team is being honored at the Toronto Jewish Film Festival with a retrospective. Johnny Wayne's sons, Michael and Brian, dropped by our studios to talk about their dad's work. I have to tell you that when I was a small child growing up, Wayne and Schuster Coming on the television was an event. My father would start Wayne and Schuster and everything would have to stop and we would gather in front of the television set to watch Wayne and Schuster. What's interesting is uh, people of very many different backgrounds, but immigrant you know, immigrant backgrounds, Italians and, and people from the Middle East and, and uh, people who weren't Jewish, but say – but. Wayne and Schuster was a family thing because it made Canada for us. We felt like we were included in Canada through Wayne and Schuster. And, and, you know, it really was a way of saying Canada just isn't our English heritage. It's for all people who are here. And, and that back then, that was a bit of a novel idea. Exactly. It- they really span the television age. They, they started in 1954, and, and I'm saying the television a- age now, no pun intended, maybe, is waning. And, you know, the way that people used to watch television, we used to laugh about the way that people used to listen to the radio. They all used to cram around in their living rooms and sit and watch and listen to the radio. They'd watch the radio and listen to it. Well, I think the next generation is going to think that we were pretty strange when we all crammed into one little room and we watched Canadian programming because that really was all that was available. <laughs> and it would be like a whole fa- – it was a real family thing. And that's sort of lost these days because of mobile devices and everybody's watching something different. We we didn't have the luxury. We had one television set when I was growing up. It was like it was one person, Wayne and Schuster. Exactly. As Brian said, you know, you'd be walking down the street and you say, oh, that's Wayne and Schuster's kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And they started together in high school. 
even before they were in Boy Scouts together, uh, but high school was when they got the start in uh, sketch comedy. And just tell me a little bit about that. Okay, it's a very interesting story, actually. Um, when they were at Harvard Collegiate, uh, they're walking down the hall and they see a sign that says, anybody who wants to do some sketch comedy, come see me after school. One of the teachers, Charlie Girdler, he wrote the sketches and the students performed them. Uh, and he gave the students, my dad and Frank, among others, uh, free reign to do what they wanted with them. If you look at the history of comedy in Canada and all the great comedians that have come from Canada, they really all do sketch comedy. Yeah. You look at Mike Myers, uh, you look at Jim Carrey, who did In Living Color, and that was all sketch comedy. Kids in the Hall, Second City, that's all sketch comedy. So they really took the start we believe, from Wayne and & Schuster. And, of course, the biggest one of all is uh, Lorne Michaels, who was married to Rosie Schuster. It was a breakthrough. They're Jewish. And at that time, you didn't see Jews on TV in a lot of other places. Um, how important was that? My father was a Canadian. He, he really was. I always say that, like the American Constitution, he there was a separation of church and shtick. <laughs> he, he, he didn't really want to bring anything. He didn't bring political problems in. He didn't bring problems of the world in. He didn't bring religion. And but he also worked. would signal that they were Jewish. You know, there were, there were the occasional Yiddish, Yiddishisms that were thrown in. And, of course, I told them, Julie, don't go. I mean, if that wasn't <laughs> saying to people, look, uh, this is Brooklyn, this is Jewish, this is what we're playing off. Hello, Mrs. Caesar. I, I pleaded for them, don't go. The other thing about their brand of comedy is that it was literate. You know, to get a takeoff on Shakespeare, you have to have at least a little idea of Shakespeare. Before my dad and Schuster went to the States, people said to them, are Americans going to get this kind of humor? You know, it's, it was called literate slapstick by somebody, and it's a very accurate term. Hey, what are you drinking? Uh, give me a, a Martinez. <laughs> You mean a martini? If I want two, I'll ask for them. I was about probably 16 years old when I started taking Latin in high school, and I go, that's really funny. I get that joke now. You mentioned the States. So, first of all, uh, they were with the CBC for many years, but really it wasn't until Ed Sullivan picked them up that they got the kind of respect they got. The story was... My father told us about 1957, there was an article in, this, in the Toronto Star saying CBC has no more plans for Wayne and & Schuster. And that was the same month that they had made a deal with Ed Sullivan. So they went on to the Ed Sullivan show and they were not really talking to the CBC whether they were going to renegotiate the contract or not. They went on to Ed Sullivan and became big stars down there. So then they came back and the CBC said, well... You know, you guys are Canadian. You, you have to be seen in Canada by the Canadian people. And my father said, well, we are. We're on Ed Sullivan now once a month on Sundays. And, of course, <laughs> they get Ed Sullivan up here. And, and I said, no, 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 you know what you mean. You have to be on the public broadcast or the Canadian Broadcasting Channel. And it was the only time in their lives because they really did enjoy just doing their art and, and making comedy for the Canadian people. It was the only time in their lives that Frank actually said to the management here, he said, you're going to have to double that offer. <laughs> and my and, dad said, 
He's right. We're American stars now. <laughs> and they and, did. And they, and they, did. they did. And, and they, they went did. on from there for another uh, 33 years. So, But before that, it was a nail-biter every time. They were always on one-year contracts. So, um, yeah, that was that, always that the question. That story still exists, that uh, Canadian artists often don't get respect until they make it in the U.S. Absolutely. And our father never wanted us to go into the business because he said there are only two people in Canada that I know that are successful and can provide a living for their family. One of them's named Wayne and the other one's named Schuster. So he really discouraged us from going into, into show business because it was too tough. He wanted us to stay in Canada, but it was too tough to make a living in the business. Well, that's the other thing about them that they are famous for is that they had the opportunity to move to the States many times and they always said no. The uh, They did do a summer replacement uh, one year for Jack Benny called Holiday Lodge. It did very well in the ratings. It was the top 10 in the Nielsen ratings. And, uh, but it was a situation comedy, uh, which was what most comedy in the States was. It wasn't sketch comedy. And they weren't involved in the writing or, or anything other than they were performing. Uh, this wasn't their sort of thing. The life expectancy of a situation comedy is, uh, you know, as you know, maybe a good one's going to be four years, five years, six years. They wanted to be on all the time, but um, the Americans were throwing money at them. Their agent, whose name was Marty Cummer, came to them at the end of the Holiday Lodge run, and he said, they love you guys. You guys, you guys are great. They want you. They want you. Uh, lots of money, and they threw. And he said, "Look, this is the contract here. You got to sign it." And my father looked at him. He goes, "Geez, Marty, you know." He goes, "I just don't think we'd be happy living in the states." And he looked at my father and he said, "Johnny, there's more to life than happiness." <laughs> True story. <laughs> and that's my father's favorite story. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap things up. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Michael and Brian are the sons of comedian Johnny Wayne of Wayne and Schuster. For tickets and showtimes, visit tjff.com. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. We'll take a quick break, and then it's back with music from the Four Seasons. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your International Arts Datebook. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. A revival of Eugene O'Neill's Long Day's Journey in Tonight is on Broadway. And two-time Oscar winner Jessica Lange leads the cast. The production is at the American Airlines Theatre. A selection of rarely seen watercolors painted by Georgia O'Keeffe when she lived in Texas 100 years ago is on view at the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum in Santa Fe, New Mexico. The exhibition runs to the end of October. In London, see a new production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. The tale of magic, comedy, and confusion is at Shakespeare's Globe Theatre. And in Hong Kong, you can catch an exhibition of 17 original works by Claude Monet, now on display at the Heritage Museum as part of the annual Festival of French Arts. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. This week, Frankie Valli celebrated his 82nd birthday. The pop vocalist is best known for being the frontman of the Four Seasons. 
The story is well known from the hit musical and movie Jersey Boys. Over their career, the Four Seasons had dozens of songs that reached the top of the Billboard charts. And even after all these years, Frankie Valli is still going strong. You can see him live here at Toronto's Sony Centre Theatre on May 21st in a concert presented by Zoomer Radio. Right now, we'll travel back to 1962 and hear the Four Seasons with their first number one hit, Here is Sherry. That was The Four Seasons with Sherry. Lead vocalist Frankie Valli celebrated his 82nd birthday this week. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week when we bring you the incredible story of two brothers brought up on different continents, reunited after 60 years. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Nyman. Produced by Paul Thomas. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network. Home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.